Every time you open up your Bible and you read it, you hear it, God's speaking. So tonight, for me personally and for us, I want to give, it, give the story to you from God's Word. But I also want to say, if you don't know the Lord and you, you have not experienced the love of God, one thing that's, that's always this mystery to me in some ways, as far as the details of what Jesus went through because God loved us and sacrificed his son, the details of the crucifixion are not given. It just says, and they crucified him. Now, science tells us the hideousness of what Jesus went through. Roman crucifixion, probably one of the most hideous kinds of torture to to execute someone. In this case, they executed the perfect son of God. But God doesn't give us the details on that. And there's a reason for that. He didn't do it to gain attention for himself. He did it to save us from our sin. And only God would devise something like that. Only God would would plan this. And why would he do that? It's profoundly simple. He loves you. I mean, just tonight we're here just to consider Jesus dying on a cross. The only means by which our sin could be atoned for. And they crucified him. The spotless Lamb of God. So I'm going to put the scriptures up on the screen. I just want to read through. This is one of the accounts of three that are similar. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're called the Synoptic Gospels. And in each one of these, as we read through them, you're going to to see a little different. uh, We're we're, we're just going to read through one, by the way. (laughs) We won't be doing that. We're going to read through this. So as we read through this, I want you to, to receive, as God is speaking to us tonight, Again, afresh. Maybe you've read this many times. So then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, he said to them, Have you brought this man to me as one who misleads the people? And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. By the way, Pilate acknowledged that three times. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one to them at the feast. And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in this city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them, but they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to them the third time, why, what evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren 
wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There are also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then Jesus said, it's profound, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that sight, seeing what he had done, what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. And what that means is they mourned. So tonight, just for tonight, we're here to understand again, remind it again, reflect again, what Jesus did for us really necessitates in our hearts the same kind of mourning. That what God did in sacrificing his son for us necessitates looking at that and just wondering and the, the beat of the breast and, and sort of coming to, back to that place tonight, just for tonight, Good Friday. So there are three Gospels that have that story. In every one of them, there's a chapter that follows. And that's what we're going to celebrate on Sunday. Tonight, we're remembering this chapter. But there's another coming, and then there's another coming after that in the kingdom that is coming because of Christ. So Jesus on the cross for six hours. The first three were in daylight, the second three in darkness. The ruthless execution of the Son of God. The promised loving sacrifice of the Lamb of God. This is is God's providence working out his plan For our salvation. So see from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet? Or thorns compose so rich a crown? I say, never before and never after. Darkness in the Bible 
It symbolizes everything that is opposed to God. Anti-God. Darkness is always in contrast to light. So for three hours, there was darkness over the face of the earth. And by the way, it was a full moon, so this was not an eclipse. It was a miraculous voice of God speaking in the darkness. Darkness is the opposite. It's associated with evil. Darkness symbolizes sin and its effects. The grave, judgment, death, and hell. Ignorance of the truth, impurity, perdition, misery, adversity, unbelief of the truth. All these in the Bible are darkness. There's the inability to find the right way or the unwillingness to go the right way. Darkness. It means obscurity. It means secrecy. But listen. God rules over and in and through all darkness. All of it. Over all the powers of evil, God rules. This plan of his was his plan. God knows the darkness hides nothing from him. God uses the darkness for his purposes. So Jesus on the cross for six hours. Tonight we reflect on the darkness. Of the sin that would have doomed us to death and hell were it not for the cross. It was on the cross in the daylight that Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Six hours, three in daylight, three in darkness. It was on the cross in the daylight that Jesus said, assuredly, to one of the thieves, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And then it was in the darkness that the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Six hours where God laid on him the sin of us all. That's what's happening on Friday. Six hours when he, knew no, he who knew no sin became sin for us. This is God's doing. Man would never devise such a thing. This is God's love. This is God's voice to us. Then even in the darkest darkness, he loves us. He sent his son to die for us. In those three hours of darkness that came over that area where he was crucified, it's God speaking in the darkness. And, and on that, when, when that darkness came, it's where he, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God through him. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. We'd say amen to that too. <laughs> Six hours, and the Lamb of God, listen. Six hours, 
And the Lamb of God took away your sin. That's what happened. Six hours that defeated sin, death, hell, and left the devil and all the powers of darkness doomed to destruction and who we, we who believe assured of forgiveness and eternal life. Now, whatever the darkness you battle tonight, the cross reminds you that there is light for you. That's the gospel. Whatever the darkness in your life tonight, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows him shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So to appreciate what Jesus accomplished and who he is, it necessitates taking just a few minutes tonight to thank him for what he did. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through him. How? By faith in who he is and what he did. By believing in him. Communion is a time for you to remember Jesus. That's why we take communion. To reflect again on what he did for you. It's very personal. That on the cross, Jesus bore your sin. He paid the penalty for your crimes against God, your sin. He died a hideous death. He was in the grave for three days, just like the Bible tells us. And Sunday, we get to celebrate his resurrection. But tonight, we remember his death. We take to heart that he who knew no sin became sin for us. Let me personalize that. He who knew no sin became sin for you that you might become the righteousness of God through him. So he delivered you and me from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of light and life and love. It is such an incredible story. It's beyond anything we would have ever thought of and devised ourselves. This comes from the heart of God to you and to me. So we're going to be passing out the emblems tonight. And these two emblems represent the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus. That God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus became our sin bearer. He knew no sin. And God put on him our sin on the cross. And in that, we remember his death until he comes. Until he comes. What Jesus accomplished is fully, fully satisfies the wrath of God extends to us the mercy of God, and then brings, brings us into the kingdom of God. So we're celebrating tonight something that must be anchored in us taking communion and remembering this, 
He is our salvation. So as the animals are passed out, we're going to ask you just to hold those. We'll take those together.